Hello and welcome to the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much all for joining in. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you and uh, it's going to be a great show tonight. we got some really serious stuff to talk about and we got the right guest for this. This guy coming up next, he knows so much more about this stuff, which really why we got him on the show tonight. Um, he's a legend in the North American rugby journalism scene, really is. What's welcome? What the hell's his name? What's welcome, Brian? This whole talking through a, okay, a cell phone is a little bit strange to me. I'm, I'm from Canada, so you know we, we try to send passenger pigeons most of the time. <laughs> so next week's show will be we'll get all of, uh, Brian's messages. We'll talk about it <laughs> What's up, Billy? What's up, John? <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> oh, goodness, technology. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, first of all, we, we want to say a, a big thank you to you for your coverage of North American rugby over the years. It's it's been um, really important for the game, both in Canada, USA, whatever. Uh, but thank you so much for your doing. You know what? You know how did you get into it? You know, it's just I got into it before all of us were doing TikToks, Instagram. How probably. did I get into it? Like what? Rugby or, or writing about rugby? Right. Uh, I don't know. I guess I just got addicted to the game and. Uh... For some reason, I, I, I guess I originally started on old message boards. There used to be this old uh, like news groups kind of thing way back in the day, back in the, the 90s kind of thing when the interwebs was kind of just getting going. And uh, so I got into like the chat groups and that kind of thing. And, and as I got, a, I don't know, a little bit older, uh, I guess in my late teens, uh, I started writing some uh, <laughs> some articles for the original Rugby Canada website, which was a super Stone Age site, but really cool, done by Mark Bryant over at BC Rugby News. A so shout out to him. Um, and then uh, and then I started writing for <clears throat> the old uh, National Rugby Post in Canada. It was kind of a, an actual paper uh, magazine that you could buy in magazine shops. I know that sounds kind of odd these days. And then uh, Doug Cross, I started doing some stuff with him at uh, Canadian Rugby News. And then um, I kind of took a little bit of a hiatus. Um, I was just kind of, I was still playing an active player and so on. So uh, I took a, a break for a little bit and then came back, uh, started up that Rays Rugby blog and then talked to Paul Tate. And uh, we got America's Rugby News on the go. When, when was that? 2015, I guess. Yeah, that's that's not that long ago, actually. I mean, but still, I think about seven years, if I do my math correctly, get my shoes off and count with my yeah. toes. Uh, <laughs> that's important, though, because Brian, we it wasn't that long ago where we had nothing. There really was well, that's, not much. That's kind nothing. of why. I mean, uh, uh, when I started, I, I refereed for a long time in rugby, and one of the reasons why I, I picked up refereeing was I was a you know a mouthy scrum half and decided that half the referees that were refing were, were crappy and I could do a better job. So I should just start refing. It, it was similar along the lines of writing. Nobody was really writing about it. And I figured somebody had to step in and, and fill that void. I, I, I'm not sure I expected to be doing it as much as I did for this long, but, uh, but here we are. All right. All right, Brian, Let, let's, let's jump into it. Um, generally speaking, what the hell is going on? This <laughs> is really right off the bat. Let's get to it. Right. <laughs> yeah look um obviously major league rugby has been very very vague uh and i'm not too impressed with their communications approach to this but look they can't say a whole lot of this because obviously there's lawyers involved and and anytime that's involved you can't really put mm -hmm. out any detailed information but they haven't given us really anything but uh you know i don't think it's a deep secret that it is salary cap uh related is what i what i can say uh, obviously I, I know a little bit more i can't really share everything i know 
but I, I can't say that it's salary cap related. So you can see the, uh, the obvious connection there, why we have the two teams owned by the same owner um, is, is kind of what I can say. Um, and we, we just kind of have to wait and see how this whole thing uh, plays out. Uh, we know, for example, that the Austin team is currently going through the process of being sold. I think that's been out in the open for a while. Um, I think maybe something that we'll have to keep an eye on now is the situation with L.A. Um, certainly, I don't know if anybody saw that tweet by uh, Drew Mitchell, um, the former Wallabies winger online. Uh, he was basically saying that uh, Gilly uh, threatened to withdraw. I'll, I'll just say that, it, you know, the, the events, the timeline that I've been given differs slightly from, from Drew's version of it. Um, but uh, I think it is uh, fair to say that, you know, the way this is all played out and, and with the way that, you know, uh, where, where Gilchrist, the position that he's in and that he's already getting out of Austin, you'd have to think that uh, maybe uh, L.A. could be looking for new ownership as well. So, so yeah, Brian, that's, that's, that's why. Yeah, it right? is. It is. Um, so, so and, that's, you know, and, Austin, and to be, to be clear, that, that's not a fact, but that's, that, that's just something that, uh, you know, I think that, um, looking at the situation, it's hard not to think that uh, that not by my that uh, might not be taking place. Sure, sure, sure. So I mean, you know, with the Austin situation, right? They're they're up for sale. I'm not sure who. Yeah, so so they're be. they're beyond so what, that. To be clear, they're beyond up for sale. They have they've had a yeah. a, a prospective buyer, and they're going through the process of uh, that transition of ownership right now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, which kind of leads to the, my next question is, so kind of, you know, what happens next with both well, that, clubs? Can we anticipate that both will be back in the mix in MLR next season? Is there a concern that maybe one or two might? Well, Austin think? will be back because, uh, I mean, I'm assuming the sale is going to go through at some point. It's, it's, it's well along the way anyways. It's certainly going through all the, the due diligence and all that kind of stuff right now. So I think it's uh, pretty safe to assume um, that they'll be back in. I don't see any reason why LA wouldn't be back. Um, you know, the, the only thing would be under possibly uh, different ownership is, is what I would, uh, what I would say at this point, I, you know, it's really hard to look into the crystal ball on that one. Um, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't immediately think that they're going to disappear for, for any particular reason. I mean, it certainly seems like there's interest of all, you know, from lots of places, you know, uh, of potential buyers in, in major league rugby. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that one plays out. And, uh, and, you know, Brian, you're looking at the health of the league, you know, I, I read reports from overseas with headlines, like silly, like MLR. Ah, that's nonsense. You know, is that, I mean, I mean, look, I know it's, it, it, it's obviously a very sticky situation. Uh, it, it's not one that anybody wanted to be in. Um, I, you know, I think maybe it's fair to, to, to uh, to criticize MLR and say, well, why didn't you know about this situation earlier or address it earlier? I mean, some people would say, well, what happened? What about last year? You know, were, were they over? You know, was this an egregious thing that happened last year? And now, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know the answers to that. Uh, but I don't think that MLR is in a, a crisis. I think maybe it's in a little bit of a reset stage where, uh, you know, maybe things got a little bit out of hand and now they're kind of sorting it out. But I'm not expecting, you know, 11 teams or, you know, 12 teams to just suddenly disappear by any stretch of the imagination. Well, no one said it was in crisis when Dallas didn't join their first year or Glendale right. dropped out. You know, it's just part of the campaigns. Uh, real quick, everybody, just to reset here. 
Um, come on up, ask questions of Brian, uh, John, or I. Um, you know, come on up, a request in the bottom left of your screen. Um, we love your questions. Uh, John and I have extensive research team, uh, AKA Wikipedia. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so come on up, let's ask some questions of anybody. Kristen, I know you're dying to ask questions of your favorite uh, reporter here. Uh, but before we get someone else up here, so, so Brian, you know, there have been rumors of expansion, you know, Chicago, St. Yeah. Louis, Canada, of course, mm -hmm. you know, this, this isn't going to stop that at all. Right. I mean, investors are going to um, well, here's what I would say to that, uh, to expansion. I would not be surprised if that kind of just checked for a little bit just until this situation gets sorted out. Because obviously, if you're an investor or you're, a, you know, a, um, a, a, somebody coming in to, to buy or a table an expansion side, uh, you know, you, you want to see how everything with this, you know, this salary cap issue and everything, how this is handled, how it all, you know, smooths out at the end. And you want to know the kind of terms that you're stepping into. So I think that, um, you know, may, whereas a, a few weeks ago, I'm pretty sure I was tweeting, you know, watch the space, you know, there was uh, everything sounded to be fairly advanced as far as the expansion things, the expansion situation goes. I think it's just going to cool for just a little bit until they get this situation dealt with. And then they can start to move on once they know where all the, the ducks have settled and get their ducks in a row and so on. We're, we're, once they got all that sorted out, then they kind of move back into the, uh, the expansion uh, conversations. You know, Brian, I'm going to I'm going to go on a tangent here. I'm going to call an audible and then I'm going to go to uh, Karen, who I've been calling Kristen. For the past <laughs> Karen <minutes>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we look at ownership like uh, Eric Erickson, uh, New England Free Jacks owner. He's part owner of Eric a few Anderson, clubs. Yeah. You know is that a problem? It's not ideal, is it? I mean, we're seeing we're seeing that now. Um, but I mean, to be clear with with Eric, though, he's not like the uh, you know he doesn't sole he's not the sole owner of of five clubs or whatever. He's got you know part interest right. in them. Uh, his company owns ATL and he owns the Free Jacks and he has some money in, in three other teams, right? So slightly different situation, but at the same time, yeah, it's it's not ideal. Um, but it's uh, it's one of those things. It's it's not new in sports. People, you know, like to cast aspersions for this kind of thing. I mean, look at Major League Soccer is a perfect example. How many you know multi uh, you know franchises were owned by by one individual? I think one of them owned four or five of them at one point. And his name escapes me at the moment. You can use Wikipedia to look that up. But it, it's yeah. certainly yeah, and Lamar exactly. Hunt, yeah, that's yeah. Him. I mean, it, it, so it's not unheard of. I mean, this is early days. We're five years into Major League Rugby. I, I don't think it's uh, you know, something to be massively concerned with. Um, you know, this situation is is rather unique. Um, and I think, you know, if you look at, you know, <laughs> just who's involved here, it might not be entirely surprised. But, but you know, here we are. I don't know. It's it's different. It's certainly uh, uncharted territory at the moment. Right. Okay. Let's go to uh, let's go to Karen, aka Kristen. <laughs> Kristen here. I don't know if Kristen Gasparino <laughs> works as well as Karen Gasparino, but that has its own issues. Hey, Brian. What's happening, Karen? How are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you. Um, of course, you trumped what I was going to ask, which was, uh, you know, around uh, a Halifax expansion team. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon, as much as it would be fun to have that one here. Uh I just don't think the market is big enough at the moment for what MLR is looking at. Uh, maybe one day in the future, but if I'm going to pick a, another place for a Canadian team right now, uh, Vancouver is uh, by a mile 
uh, the uh, the number one spot. And then, you know, you might look at Montreal and, and Calgary. But uh, for me at the moment, if you're getting up to team two for, for Canada, it's got to be Vancouver or bust. I figured that that's what you'd say. A lot of people do, you know, hope for down the road that there could be something else on the East Coast, uh, you know, to go along with those American East Coast teams. But Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've also got the weather thing here, right, too. That kind of gets in the way yeah. a little bit. But, yeah, maybe one day down the road. But uh, I don't think uh, it, it's worth holding your breath over at the moment. I'll be awfully blue. Thanks a lot, Brian. Anytime. Thanks, Karen. Great, great question as always. And, and always appreciate you jumping on and asking questions when we do this. Brian, you may have heard when you were um, when you had just jumped on, but uh, earlier in the show, Peter was talking a little bit about the salary yeah. cap in MLR. It's kind of a number some folks know. It's uh-huh. kind of not. You know, the the number's been reported as five hundred thousand. It's more than that. It's more than that. that... Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, what, so, what is the secret? okay? Well, yeah. uh, so it's a little bit more than five hundred, but that's the that's the base salary cap. Um, you also well, it's. Uh, a little bit over 500 then you get a little bit more about 50k you can spend or you get kind of a bonus for development they have that uh you know if you run an academy program that kind of thing community mm-hmm. bonus i think it's called and then there's an ancillary uh cap on top of that which is uh you know paying for if you got guys on player coach contracts and uh, i think housing falls under it that kind of thing um and that's uh, another 250k i believe uh, so you know, all told, it's 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 probably closer to around eight hundred. Um, so yeah, that that the salary cap number is a little bit uh, misleading, um, and and, and mm-hmm. frankly, I think they should get rid of this all these little, uh, you know, keep the community bonus if you want, but I think they should just go with a flat cap at something. You know, pick a number. I don't I don't, I don't know why they they have it separated like that. Sure, sure. So I mean, I think it's it's become clear that. Um... MLR players aren't aren't getting paid enough, but you know I think the the salary cap needs to be raised in order to really build out a team that involves increasing revenue for the league across the board. Yeah. So, you know, without a without an influx of cash or revenue to raise the salary cap, you know, yeah. Look, nobody in your mind, what do you propose MLR could do to kind of maybe avoid this situation at least over the next couple of years as revenue starts we'll to avoid up, which situation. Hopefully. Uh, these salary cap things that seem to plague this oh, year this is, I mean, from the past couple uh, of years. I, I, again, I, I'd have to get into details of what's going on. <laughs> so that, why you're here, that's Brian. a little bit of a sneaky <laughs> question. Um, uh, it, I mean, it's just about doing due diligence. I mean, uh, and, and doing a, a proper audit at the beginning of the season, you know, sort of, you know, maybe there's some way you can set up an account system where, uh, you know, players are, are paid through a specific individual account that that's tracked by the league. Something like that, I think, uh, is maybe a, a way to go. Um, you know, it's there's look, there's always going to be sneaky ways you can get around it, that kind of thing. But you know, you just have to do your mm-hmm. best to try and 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 deal with it. Uh, you know, as soon as you know, it seems like something is getting out of hand, then then maybe it's time to to take a closer look at things. And, and Brian, let's talk um, discipline here for a second, Major League Rugby discipline and suspension. I'm going to go through a few stats for you in comparisons between leagues, and I'm going to ask you my question, okay? It's a little backwards. Um, when you look at the English Premiership, they have 30 games, including European championships, plus or minus, and Major League Rugby is 16, so let's just say half. Uh, when you look at suspensions this year, um, you know, Jake Turnbull, three weeks, um, uh, William Tucker, four weeks, now, Saunders recently was six weeks for disrespecting the authority of a referee. And then you look at the at Premiership, which is double the amount of games, 
Kyle Sinkler last year in the English International Bristol Bears, two weeks for doing similar thing that Niall Sanders Saunders did. You know, we, what's going on with our discipline? Is it, does it seem long? Does it seem way overbearing, or is it just is is it the way I think it's, it's inconsistent. I think it's something that needs to be reviewed in the off season. You know, some guys are getting a lot of the pin. It seems to be like a blanket three weeks kind of thing. It's just suspended three weeks automatically kind of thing, and. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think all the offenses have been equal. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I think there was a, a real inconsistency with Harry Engelbrecht at uh, at Houston. Um, his, you know, two red cards in one season, and it seems like his first one wasn't taken into account as all, which is at all, which is mystifying. Whereas Jamison Fatanana Schultz, his first uh, red card, you know, he he, he got a red card last year uh, tackling a guy in the air with. Um, and, and he was suspended then, and that was taken into account in his sanctions. And so mm-hmm. I think there's an inconsistency there. Uh, but I, I do think there's some some issues uh, that need to be sorted out. At, at least this year, they're telling us when these suspensions are happening and how long they are, which is more than what happened last year. So I guess baby steps. But that's definitely something that uh, you know needs to be reviewed and, and tightened up next season. All right, guys, we have about five minutes left or four minutes left. We'd love to talk to Brian for another two hours. It'd be amazing, but we, I have to get to bed. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next up, listener, Peter. Yeah, uh, Brian, just a, a question that I think uh, coincides with a lot of things that we've talked about now uh, with you, um, and that is uh, regarding the commissioner. Um, I I mean, I don't know the guy. Uh, I'm just uh, looking, looking in as an outsider. But, you know, these problems we're having now and and, and, and – this guy, he's vastly experienced in the American pro sporting landscape. I mean, is it accurate to say, uh, you know, I can be confident that this guy, he will sort it out. I mean, he he, he must have, uh, I mean, uh, things like this, he must have seen in his lifetime if he's so experienced in, in pro high-level pro sports in America. So I'm, I'm sure we could be confident that, that he will figure it out and, and put the necessary... Uh, pieces of the puzzle together. Um, I mean, like you said earlier, we think it's five years, it's a long time, but it's still baby steps and it's still, uh, 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 there's a lot of things the league will, will still learn as we go. Uh, and, and can we be confident that the, the commissioner is the right guy? He's got enough experience to, to, to uh, uh, you know, guide us through this, this landscape? Hey, Peter, um, you know, it, it, well, George has experience, but he's never had experience as a commissioner of a sporting league before. He had experience uh, with the Dallas Mavericks working in their organization. Uh, he certainly worked with a lot of sponsorship deals and, and that kind of thing, which is kind of what he was brought in to do. Uh, I don't think this is entirely uh, his problem to solve in that, uh, you know, you have the board of of the owners, right? Uh, and they have a significant uh, side in this, if not the, the majority of, of, of handling this. Eric Anderson is the chair of that that board. So, you know, certainly he's got a lot of say in what's going on. It's just, it's going to be kind of a joint effort, I think, uh, to really sort out, uh, you know, what's going to happen, how this is dealt with. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, George's experience versus inexperience is, is really, um, you know, uh, yeah, maybe it's kind of a little bit new territory with them, but I, I think collectively they'll, they'll come through this stronger. They'll, they'll learn from this, episode and and they'll come up with a solution that that works for everybody so when they do bring in these next expansion teams and these new uh groups that come in they'll have it a little bit more you know uh lined up shall we say they'll have everything ready um or maybe expressed more clearly perhaps in the ownership agreement so that everybody knows where everything stands and what they have to do so um yeah uh 
I, I don't see any reason, you know, to think that George can't get it done at the moment. Good stuff. Thanks, Peter, for that question. As always, Brian, we got a couple minutes left. A couple rapid fire questions for you. Playoffs <laughs> here. What matchup are you are you most looking forward to this weekend? <laughs> That's it. A tough question. I mean, you know, uh, it's two very different games. Really looking forward to you know New York and 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 ATL. Obviously, it's a really interesting clash of styles there. On the other hand, you got you know Seattle who. And San Diego, both of whom thought they were both out, you know, this San Diego guys sitting on a beach, uh, sipping some tequila, probably a few days ago, all of a sudden they're back in the, in the thick of things. And, uh, and Seattle, I mean, these guys are all beaten up right now, lots of injuries. So that's a really interesting matchup. I think they're both compelling uh, matchups to kind of dodge out of that question. So I don't know if I have one that's, uh, that's more interesting, Um I, I okay, all right, all both, right. Both are gonna be I'll, fun to I'll, watch. I'll sign yeah. one. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna pick the Eastern Conference final, and because uh, the Free Jacks are very clearly the number one, the, the favorites now uh, to win it. I think they would have yeah. were before, anyways, but um, now they have a little bit of distance between that. Um, so I think the I think the most compelling uh, you know contender to them is gonna come from that ATL versus New York game. Interesting. Is the MLR Shield the Free Jacks to lose? I don't know if it's theirs to lose. I think both ATL and New York uh, present problems to them. Um, uh, I think either one. And hey, even if you know, I, I'm I'm gonna you know, even San Diego, Houston, any team that comes to the West, I'm I'm leaning towards Houston there. But you know, San Diego on their day when you got guys like Maanani and Chris Robsha out there, you know, they can make things happen. You know. Uh, you know, they're a little bit older now, but on, on a big day, on a big game, I think they can still front up. So, uh, you know, uh, it's certainly not a done deal. I think the Free Jack should be considered favorites, though. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You said you're leaning San Diego. So is do you think there's a favorite in the West? I, I, I think Houston open? is the favorite. I mean, they got there legitimately, uh, if you want to look at it that way. I just think that the the style they play and, uh, you know, they, they just play together. They There's no mystery to how they play they play a fairly a simple game but they play it accurately and, and that's uh that goes a long way when you get to the playoffs so i think they're a very tough match the forward pack the way they you know they they get their line out drives day on the i don't know how many tries he's got this year but they're they're well drilled kind of kamaya and pota human have got them playing good rugby so i think they'll be a very tough team so brian everybody thank you everybody. it's been a great hour so far uh brian ray thank you so much for joining us um Good luck covering this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for introducing me to this odd technology thing that you've got going on. We almost didn't get <laughs> you on, which is great. We got you on now. <laughs> I think this is Elon Musk's fault. He's, uh, he's cracking yeah, down on these blaming him. accounts. So that's probably what. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, we're here just about every Thursday night. We do take some days off. we got some big shows coming up. We'll be talking USA Rugby uh, a little bit more coming up. Um, hopefully getting Gary Gold on as well. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Have a great night and have a great weekend. Uh, See you guys later.